I wanted to do whoever stuff for my friend. Well, you're sorry, ugly man. It doesn't matter what your name is. August 27th, Friday, episode 111 of The Hezzy, brought to you by BasketballGods.net. Start off with a little personal take here, man. I gotta, I gotta get off. I'm taking shots at the kids. It's funny, man. My 17-year-old, she loves to throw out, why are you so judgmental? Don't judge me. That's her defense to everything. And my response is, life is judging. And I think the interesting thing is you see with Gen Z, they need to understand that everything they do is being judged, whether they like it or not, right? And the sooner you can accept that, the better. So don't do and say things that misrepresent you. They do some wild shit. They say something, don't judge me. That's, you're being so judgmental. Yeah, that's, that's human nature. That's how we survive. It's instinct. Like, you got your ass out, you're going to be judged. You got a dirty ass car, you're going to be judged. You can't pick and choose where you're going to be judged. It's the whole package. Every day you get up and step out into the world, it's a representation of yourself. And I just noticed with the kids today, they have this cop out. Don't, you're so judgmental. Don't judge. No, 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 no. That's, that's how the world works. There's my little get off my lawn rant to start this thing here. Obviously the off season, but there was a lot of drama, a lot of drama. Obviously games aren't being played. Free agency is kind of settled down, but <laughs> it's a year round sport when it comes to the, the social aspect, I guess, of the NBA and these things. And everybody's so tapped in, right? Unfortunately, the news out of Golden State this week is of the domestic kind. Dell and Sonia Curry have split after 33 years of marriage. And it's kind of getting ugly, right? Both are accusing each other of infidelity. Sonia fine as hell too, right? You know Steph felt a type of way <laughs> at the sleepovers, right? Hey, Steph, yo, is your mom going to bring us some popcorn? No, but Sonia, you know, she looks like Vanessa Williams, right? So, you know, she fine as hell. I think we all have seen that over the years, but you know damn well the splash father was doing his thing. Shoot or shoot. And to be perfectly honest with you, Dell looks like a scumbag in the face, right? Look, Dell kind of looks scummy. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, obviously, you know, I don't, I don't know what this is, but the other part that was not lost on people was it was announced on poor little Schmeagle's birthday, Seth Curry. I don't think it bothered him though too much, right? Because you know, I think at this point, Seth is used to getting the short end of the stick. I think it's happened his whole life. Can you imagine, you know, Christmas time, Steph always gets the toy everyone wanted and Seth gets the alternate version. Steph gets a Batman toy and Seth gets a Robin toy. Steph's a Ninja Turtle for Halloween. Seth's Splinter. All right, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going too far. I'm going too far. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Speaking of Seth, I saw a Sixers rumor going around of Tobias Harris 
for Colin Sexton. Now, if I'm Cleveland, there aren't too many good players I would turn down in a deal for Colin Sexton, but Tobias in the back end of that bag? Yeah, no, no. I ain't going to do it. So would Philadelphia then give Sexton a big bag back in exchange? I don't even know. It's just a rumor. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Daryl Morey, we know he's a wild dude. So we'll see what that Sixers roster looks like come opening night because you see all the posturing with Ben Simmons and and we'll we'll see how it plays out here. You see Nerland's Noel is suing Rich Paul for, you know, cold 60 mil or so in potential lost earnings. Look, I remember when that happened. Noel turned down a $70 million deal from the Dallas Mavericks. He had his first good season. He was healthy. They're like, all right, we're going to pounce on this kid as our starting center. He turned it down and ended up getting like a $4 million one-year deal. I was like, damn, you know what came to my mind? I was like, look, Rich Paul and this clutch team, they must be paying these dudes in other ways under the table, right? Because Rich Paul has quietly mishandled a bunch of his clients. One of the Morris brothers, Montrez, Norris Cole's out of the league. He turned down a long-term extension. Now he ain't even in the league. Go look at Rich Paul's history, man. It's, it's kind of crazy. He has this history of turning down guaranteed money for these short-term deals and a lot of the time, the player never sees that same long-term offer again. It's almost as if he thinks all of his clients are superstars and they have all the leverage. The other rumor is, get this, he doesn't listen to the offers from teams that are in direct competition with Braun, right? So whoever, like, let's just say Phoenix, let's just say Phoenix or the Clippers was offering one of his clients a bigger bag. He, he, it, it, it's not even considered, right? Because it fucked Braun shit up. It'd be in the way of Braun's uh, potential rings. That's nuts, man. And, and you know, the, look, Rich Paul is one of the most obnoxious motherfuckers there is. And the reality is, look, if he wasn't attached to LeBron, if he wasn't LeBron's guy, he'd probably be selling used luxury cars in some shitty car lot in Northeast Ohio. That's the reality of the situation. So we'll see how this all plays out, dude. But it, it's just... Don't pump your chest out and act like you're this self-made, brilliant uh, hustler. It's starting to look funny in the light, Rich Paul. By now, I know all of you have heard this story. ESPN is cleaning house. It started earlier in the week with the departure of Max Kellerman on first take. Apparently, Stephen A. Smith's had enough of him. And I can see it. I can see it. Max, look, Max is a know-it-all and he's good at it. He, he tends to win the arguments and he's such a know-it-all. And, and it makes sense because boxing, he comes from boxing and, and in the boxing world, you can't bring weak takes, right? Like boxing is one of those sports and, and the conversation around it. You can't bullshit about boxing, right? They'll, they'll come for your neck. And so he comes from that and he's just very good at what he does. And so Max is still going to be at ESPN, but apparently Stephen A. Smith is just going to have different guests on first take to kind of fill that void. Then the other story is ESPN canceling Rachel Nichols altogether. Cancel the jump. She's no longer on any basketball shit. Y'all know how I feel about her. Good riddance. And it's not even personal. It's just like she doesn't bring nothing to the table. But while they're at it, how about they get rid of Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson as the A-team on the primetime games? Like, I'm not saying get rid of them. That's fine. They can be there. But do they have to call every big game? Just saying. The rumor is, though, that Stephen A. Smith is pushing for a new NBA show 
with a big three of him, Magic Johnson, and Michael Wilbon. I say it's going to be like an NFL Live type of show for the NBA. Hey, it sounds good. It sounds good. I'm with it, man. Um, I think the one thing with Stephen A is there is such thing as overexposure, especially when it comes to the takes. Like if we're up to Stephen A, he'd be giving us takes on NASCAR. It's like, relax, my guy. Like just stay in your lane. You're, you're already everywhere. Like how, how much of your ego do you got to feed? So, you know, I get a little burnt out of Stephen A um, having five shows on ESPN. But um, yeah, I'm curious to see where ESPN goes with this. I think they finally have realized you know, you hear about the ratings dropping, the ratings dropping. Well, do something different. And so I think this is the start of that. Another route to the NBA has appeared in the form of overtime elite. Quote, a transformative new sports league that offers the world's most talented young basketball players a better pathway to becoming professional athletes. So it's based in Atlanta, and it's going to feature up to 30 high school juniors and seniors each year. Each player will be guaranteed a minimum salary of $100,000, free to earn revenue from their name, image, and likeness, all that stuff, right? Healthcare, coverage, and disability insurance. I think that's huge, right? A lot of these, man, these kids know when they're 15 and 16, like they're they're destined for the league. And now like, you know, as a parent, you know, and, and the people around them, it's like, man, just don't get hurt, don't get hurt. So I think that's a big thing. Um, and then a uh, what's been labeled as a rigorous and highly personalized academic program. You know who's backing it? Jeff Bezos, Drake, and Kevin Durant. So, man, I mean, you just look at the name, like just the popularity of overtime and what that's kind of connected to as far as the social media world goes. I think kids are going to gravitate towards the name and the status and, you know, who's affiliated with this. They've already signed several five-star recruits. And you look at who's backing it again, they clearly have the money to overpay these kids and, and keep this afloat until it really gets established. Another interesting option. I'm particularly interested in the individualized stuff they can do. That sounds really intriguing, like for for kids to maybe focus and only work on the stuff that they're really going to need on and off the court. A lot of these kids are wasting their time with social studies and just shit that they ain't interested in and ain't going to use. And so I think that there could be a huge benefit into that personalized academic and just growth on and off the court. My question would be is, what will their competition be, right? Are they going to just play other high school teams in the area? Are they going to fly out to LA? And, and what's their comp going to be? Because ultimately, when it comes down to being drafted, who are we evaluating them against? Themselves? Are they going to scrimmage? Like, you know, I, I don't know the details of that. I think that that's where the G League and college has the advantage, right? You can see them amongst higher level comp. It, it may be hard to evaluate these kids within this, depending on who they're playing against. Now, remember, college athletes can now be paid for their name and likeness, right? That was finally passed through. And the University of Memphis has landed Imani Bates, the number three prospect in the country. A lot of people haven't won, but ESPN's top 100, he is at number three. Now, do I have to remind you of the James Wiseman situation? He was given, I don't know the details, right? But he had he was suspended and ultimately just packed his shit and left because he was given stuff 
when he went to Memphis. They helped him and his family when he went to Memphis. Years and years ago, when Calpari was there, Derrick Rose, it wasn't found out until after, but Derrick Rose going to Memphis was funny. What I'm getting at is it, it seems fishy as hell that Imani Bates would choose Memphis. I understand Penny Hardaway is a legend, but Memphis? Like, why would you want to go play there? As far as the other options you have, location, 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 I guess, I don't know. So we'll see. I was surprised for Imani to pick Memphis. For those of you who haven't seen him, he's really him. He looks like he's hovering around seven foot at this point. He looks real KD-ish, man. He has he has the KD ISO package, that big hang dribble into pull-ups. And then he has that mellow snake bite quick release. The release is super quick. And really what sticks out to me is his pull-up ability. His ability to decelerate into a pull-up at that size is wild, right? It's KD-ish. But my concern is, again, he looks like he's going to be of seven foot if he's not there already. He, he was... When he was a junior, he was 6'8", now he's 6'11", and I'm not sure his body can handle it. Like, you know, when a kid like overgrows too fast, you look at his posture, he's rail thin, he's got major knock knee, his legs bow in when he when he uh, dips his hips for his shot. So, you know, that is concerning to see if his body will hold up, but at the same time, you could have said all those things about KD at his age too, right? And so, if he holds up, Amani Bates... He'll be the number one pick. You could book that. Coach Bud gets his extension. Go check out my guy Stevie Ray's article over at BBG. No, that's not Big Black Gooch. It's basketballgods.net. <laughs> um, it's called, Are We Too Dependent on Results? Right? And, you know, it basically, how close was Bud to being exiled? Right. You know, like and he, he does a really good job taking a look at that. And so, again, go check that out over at basketballgods.net. I was looking in on my patron discord last night and I saw you know, someone proposed a trade. I don't even think it was one of well, anybody on the patron. I think they got the proposed trade from it looked like a bleacher report uh, thumbnail or something like that. But it was the Dallas Mavericks sending Christoph Porzingis, Dorian Finley-Smith. Jalen Brunson and Willie Cauley-Stein back to Golden State for Andrew Wiggins and James Wise. Now, the response amongst Warriors fans was not positive, <laughs> right? We didn't like it. We didn't like it. That's nasty. I'll tell you what, though. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Would I do it? No, because I don't believe in Porzingis' health. And neither does Dallas. That's why he's available, right? But Brunson and Finley-Smith... They're underrated. They would, they would fit right in. And, you know, all these teams right now, I think, feel pretty good about the rosters outside of maybe Philadelphia. You know what I mean? So I, I don't really see any trades that are available right now. I'll tell you one player who I wouldn't mind picking up to fill out the end of this Warriors roster. Rajon Rondo. Believe it or not, I've heard this from a lot of different sources. All the young players that he's been around the last few stops say he has been the best mentor they've had. And you put him in that second unit with all those youngsters, and then you get playoff Rondo when it matters. Whoever gets him, like, keep an eye out. Because look, the Lakers want him back. The Clippers want him back. What does that say? All the contenders want him back and are trying to keep a spot open for him. 
but maybe he wants a, a new look, a change of scenery. He, he kind of seems like he likes to roam around and be kind of a mercenary. So I know that I, I just did a, a Chris Chioza video on Patreon last week talking about that backup point guard spot and what he brings to the table. But, you know, again, if, if Rondo was interested in, in coming to the Bay, I think that that would be a nice, nice pickup. As we head into the NFL season, I want to give my quick thoughts on my Niners here. And again, I'm going to cover probably the first four games until we get into the NBA season. I'll cover those on my Patreon. Have some fun with that. Look, if they're really going to roll out this dual quarterback thing, to me, this is just another example of Kyle Shanahan's arrogance. He is going to try and do something that no one has ever been able to do successfully, right? But Kyle, Kyle and his God complex... He thinks he can make it work. I guess it, it hasn't officially happened yet, but that's what people are anticipating. But, you know, ultimately, Jimmy's going to give the spot up, right? One way or another, whether he's on his back or he's throwing it to the other team, he's going to give it up. So I don't think it'll last long, but I just, that's that's what worries me about Kyle, right? It, it, it's his arrogance and his ability to manage people. But I, I don't want to get too far into that. As far as Young Trey Lance goes and everybody is talking about, you know, the touch or the lack of touch in his throws. I can't really speak on developing touch as a quarterback. Like, I, I'm not going to speak on that. But I will say this. You don't learn touch in hoops. You either got it or you don't. Right. When we talk about like the release on a shot. Oh, he has touch. You either got it or you don't. So I don't know if that's one in the same or not, but uh, we'll find out. My guy Kyle was asking me about this here. And some of you fight fans, Sunday night, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. I think that there's just too much money behind Jake Paul. And no one wants that money train to stop yet. And so I think Woodley takes a dive. What's Ty Woodley going to make? Five mil? Something like that, right? I don't, I don't blame him at the end of his career. So all this trash talk, the hype, and all this stuff, it looks really good. I expect Jake Paul to put him down because, again, there's just too much money involved. Patrons, what's coming up next week for y'all, I have a dope doc piece that I'm working on. I'm really excited about. Um, it's a blast from the past in Warriors history. And uh, expect that Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. This is the Hezzy brought to you by BasketballGods.net. I'm out, y'all.